The Sabres drop their second game of the season to the Florida Panthers. One win, one loss. A lot happened in Saturday's matinee game before the Bills played the Chiefs. So if you're looking for some hockey, here we go. Locked on Sabres recapping the Sabres and Panthers from Saturday and a little bit of a look ahead to this week. Locked on Sabres, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Sabres your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, Odyssey. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and be sure to check us out on our YouTube channel and check out the Lockdown Sabres YouTube channel where you can watch the show and you can leave a comment. You can also like and subscribe there, which is always greatly appreciated from our listeners. The Sabres are 1-1 one one after a 4-3 to three defeat to the Florida Panthers on Saturday afternoon. Just plugging myself back into uh, this game. Rewatched it uh, on Monday morning here. My brain moved over to the Bills for 24 hours, um, 36 hours maybe, with that win over the Chiefs. Buffalo sports fans are over the moon right now. And uh, the hockey team is a, a small fraction of it. But even Saturday's game, there are some things to like about their loss to the Panthers. And uh, there are some things to not like, of course, as well. So we'll break all that down coming up here on today's show and just a little bit of a look ahead to what is coming this week for the Sabres. Their West Coast road trip comes early this season. They are out in Edmonton for a Tuesday night, 9 o'clock Eastern time game against McDavid and the Oilers. So we'll get into that a little bit later on and then a full preview of Sabres and Oilers coming tomorrow morning. At Sneaky Joe Sports to follow me on Twitter, at Sabres to follow our podcast account. Uh, and our Twitter question of today, looking for either a Twitter or a YouTube question. This one comes from Twitter. From This one comes from Giovanni. Giovanni asks whether or not Peyton Krebs sitting is a terrible idea because Giovanni has seen the line combinations from morning uh, Monday morning's practice for the Buffalo Sabres, and Peyton Krebs is skating apparently as an extra uh, with Riley Shan on what would be like their fifth line at practice. And that would mean Vinny Hinostroza goes into the lineup. Krebs would be the one that comes out. And for me, that is a horrible idea. Krebs has been one of their better players, I think, this season of the forward group. He has good numbers. He's been creating opportunities. He's been holding on to the puck well. Um, I thought there were some bad shifts in that Florida game from Krebs, but I thought overall he's been good. He's been solid with only a couple of bad shifts so far through two games. So big mistake, in my opinion, for Granado to take Krebs out if that's what he inevitably does, especially when Krebs is a part of the future here. Krebs is a young player that you're trying to get the most out of because he means something to the future of this organization. Vinny Hinostroza does not, and he's a fine player. He's a nice injury replacement if somebody goes down, but man, Krebs out, Hinostroza in, if that comes to fruition, is going to be something I'm going to want to rail against. Uh, and we'll talk maybe more about that on Tuesday morning when we have more clarity on what the Sabres lineup will look like against Edmonton. Thank you for the question, Giovanni. Sabres lose to the Panthers 4-3. to three. By the way, I got... A little lucky. I might have. I told you, I liked the under in that game. Under seven goals. It was four to three at the second intermission to get that bet null and voided because it was a push. 
it was a seven goal game. Uh, that was an upset because it was looking like the over was tracking towards heading all day. And it actually did not happen in this game between the Sabres and the Panthers. So shots on goal in this game, looking through some of the statistics from Saturday's game, the Sabres were outshot 37 to 27 um, power play opportunities on the night. We uh, had Florida go two for six, and the Sabres for the second straight game go 0 for four. So they're 0 for eight through two games on the power play. And real quick on the power play, the Sabres aren't even getting set up on the power play through these eight opportunities. They're not even getting up chances. They're not even getting shots on goal. Uh, and I don't know what that is. It could be just they don't have the right player as the puck carrier. They've been using... Tage Thompson a lot in that manner. And Thompson's had a very rough opening two games. So his overall game is kind of, you know, down at the bottom right now. Um, and the puck carrying is, you know, a part of that. Darlene is skating it up through the defensive zone, but then when he gets to the neutral zone, he's dropping it to somebody else. And it's Ben Thompson. It's been Tuck. It's been also a lot of Casey Middlestat as the zone entryman. And that'll be something to talk about as the season progresses here. I think Middlestead is getting too much of an opportunity right now. The second, As the second-line center, as a guy that's out there when you're down one with a minute to play, uh, he's getting first-line power play minutes. To me, the Sabres' best zone entry men on the team is Dylan Cousins. And their second best is probably Rasmus Dahlin. And their third best, honestly, through two games has probably been J.J. Paterka. And none of those guys are even on that unit except for Darlene, who, again, has a different responsibility. So I would like to see Cousins up on that top unit just because get the, get them set up, have someone that you know is going to get in there, come at them with speed, chip it in if he needs to, make a move. Cousins has been a very good zone entryman through two years in the NHL, and that's what that power play currently is missing. It's not even once they're in the zone. They're getting chances when they're in the zone. <clears throat> Excuse me. They're just not in the zone at all. Um, so Cousins, I think, would be the the appropriate fix for that. But even Middlestat on the second line, I, I'm I could I'd be here. I have an appetite to see him moved off of that as well. So Middlestat, just a lot of opportunities so far, and we're not seeing a ton. I haven't hated him. You know, he's been fine, but I just don't think he's a player capable of that much workload. He can be a serviceable offensive secondary scorer on the third line, second power play unit. But I think that's that's where the limit should be for Casey Middlestat. Um, how about some of the advanced stats from this game? The Sabres with 40, excuse me, the Sabres allowed 41 shot attempts. So Florida had 41 shot attempts in this game. The Sabres with 32. High danger scoring chances, Panthers 6, Sabres 5. Uh, scoring chances in general were Panthers 24 and Sabres 14. Eric Comrie was great. Actually, the game's third star, as voted by the Buffalo media, with a 33-save outing, which is only an 892 save percentage just for that one game, but Comrie was awesome. Comrie was the only reason they were in that game, early on especially. The Panthers had, I think, 11 shots through the first 10 minutes of play, and Comrie turned them all away. I think their first goal came just a little bit after that. Uh, Double-check that real quick. Yeah, Florida's first goal came at the 14.03 mark. So, yeah, a little bit past the the uh, 
the halfway point of the first period. So Comrie stood on his head those first 10 minutes. He played, I thought, well the rest of the way. I think he earned another start. I would go back to him against Edmonton. Uh, Comrie, I thought, was really strong in this game against the Florida Panthers. Um, Some other stats from the game. Um, Looking at some of the advanced stats from certain lines, and this kind of reiterates the point about middle stat and, you know, is he getting too much opportunity? He actually you know, wasn't horrendous when it comes to expected goals for, um, but he certainly wasn't, certainly wasn't great. Uh, the line he was with for most of the game would have been Alex Tuck, Jack Quinn, and Middlestat. And they came out with a 72% expected goals for rate. That's actually really strong. Um, that is a very strong mark by that line. But a lot of that I think had to do with Alex Tuck because the moment Tuck was taken off that line near the end of the game, Tuck got bumped up with Tage Thompson and Jeff Skinner. And on the night, that was the Sabres' best line. Expected goals for, they were 100%. 100%. It was only, you know, three, four minutes of action that Thompson, Tuck, and Skinner saw together. Um, but I, I feel like Tuck has been the one driving that middle stat line, not middle stat as much. Quinn has kind of been, you know, a ghost through the first couple of games. He laid a hit at the end of the third period, but he was not doing much else. Uh, and the other line middle stat played on, which was for three minutes, Tuck and Cousins. That one got a little bit under, a little bit beaten up uh, on the scoreboard, uh, allowing two goals. So middle stat, I guess, is where I wanted to start here. But otherwise, I like the line jumbles at the end of this game. The Sabres, you know, they allow four goals. They're not creating a lot of chances. They're getting beat. They're getting beat by Florida. They're competing hard. They're, you know, they're doing well in their own end to bend but not break. But they weren't generating a ton offensively. And I thought once Granado started to mix things up a little bit, he took Quinn away, put Tuck up with Skinner and Thompson. Uh, had to get those two going because that Olsen-Thompson-Skinner line has been the worst line by the Sabres through two games. Um, I liked what Granado did jumbling the lines a little bit, sticking Olsen on another line uh, with uh, Middlestat and Cousins. I thought that line played okay for a while. Cousins is the one, though. Cousins has been great. Paterka has been great. Paterka getting buried and got one shift in the third period, that to me was the most outrageous thing Granado has done in a long time, was benching J.J. Paterka, who I think has been one of the Sabres' best players through two games. In fact, my goat head of the night for Sabres versus Panthers, the best player of, in the game for the Sabres, I'm giving it to J.J. Paterka. Cousins got it night one, and I almost gave it to Paterka then. I'm giving it to Paterka on night two. He created so many different scoring chances. There's Remember that robbery that Spencer Knight has on Jeff Skinner? That is Paterka with making like an extra little move to get a backhand pass to Thompson in the slot, who then makes a pa- is opened up to make a pass to Skinner. That should have been a goal and was very nearly a goal, and it was all started by Paterka. He's four or five times you know, in each of the first two games is go- making, wow, look at that. Like You're noticing him. You're noticing him create. He's carrying the puck. He's making moves. He scored the goal in night one. So Paterka's got to play more. I know he's a rookie, but when he's earning ice time like that, you got to keep giving it to him. Otherwise, what is what is he supposed to think think of that? You know, Granado though is usually pretty good in this regard, so I would trust that he's going to get it together on this front. And if Paterka does earn ice time, that he's going to get it um, because that's usually something that has happened under this coach. If a young player earns something, he gets it, and that's not you know commonplace in the NHL. On this team, it has been so. JJ Paterka, 
should be playing more than one shift in the third period when you're down by one. And he's been arguably your best offensive player uh, right there with uh, with Dylan Cousins. So Paterka, uh, by the way, some of the advanced stats from this game, uh, looking at expected goals for and uh, and all that jazz. Paterka came away with a 50.9 percent expected goals for uh, love that. That was where fifth on the team behind Darlene, Tuck, Quinn, Samuelson and, and then it was Paterka after that. So uh, four guys outranked him and that was it. Uh, Ilya Labushkin by the way, was the worst Sabre on the night and expected goals for with just 10%, 10%, and that is all. Labushkin was really adding to a lot of the, the, uh, the nonsense in this game. He was running people. I had a thought while I was at the game, this is the Sabres' Gudis. Radko Gudis, headhunter, you know, terrifying defenseman on the other side. He's playing for Florida on the other end, and Labushkin's playing like him out there. And I'm like, this Labushkin, like, fans are going to, some fans are going to love this guy because he is going to try to take your head off every time you're coming across the middle of the ice. And he almost took out uh, 21 for the Panthers, forgetting who that is, for Hagee maybe, almost took out his knees completely. In fact, I was surprised 21 returned to the game for Florida. Uh, so Labushkin on the stat sheet was horrific, but... He was throwing his body around, and Granado did a good job not playing him a lot. He only got nine minutes uh, of even strength ice time. Speaking of all the nonsense that happened in this game, we'll get to that when we come back. We'll also break down uh, some blame pie. You know, well, it's a loss, so we got to throw some blame around. Uh, and I, the Brandon Montour shorthanded goals, where I'm going to go with that. So we'll break that down frame by frame. Uh, and also, we'll go through the goals and my thoughts on why this game really turned on its head and went. Uh, the Florida Panthers way Sabres lose to the Panthers four to three on Saturday. We'll, uh, we'll continue to recap the game when we come back here on the locked on Sabres podcast. We are brought to you by simply safe. The numbers don't lie in the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen simply safe home security to protect their home. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right at simply safe. Your safety is the only thing that matters. I know because I use simply safe in my own home. They protect you with cutting edge security technology powered by 24-7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back. With 24-7 professional monitoring, Simply Safe's agents call you the moment a threat is detected at dispatch police or first responders in an emergency, even if you're not home or can't be reached. Simply Safe blankets your home in protection with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door, HD security cameras for inside and outside your home, smarter ways to detect motion that only alert you when the threat is real, and even hazard sensors that instantly detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. Our, their monitoring experts use proprietary advanced response technology to visually confirm when a break-in is real so they can get the highest priority police dispatch. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. Save 20% off on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Visit simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL to earn to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Joe DiBiase back here on the Lockdown Savers podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. When you're done with us, go make your second listen game to game. 
NHL, every moment, every top performance, every result, locked on game to game, covers every game from across the National Hockey League with local analysis that only locked on can deliver. Follow game to game on locked on NHL, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. So the Sabres fall four to three to the Florida Panthers. The goals in this game, it was started by Alex Tuck, a breakaway goal in the first period. Mark Stahl of the Florida Panthers. Yes, Mark Stahl still hanging around in the NHL, got a PTO with Florida, earned a spot on the team. Man, he was bad all night, and this was the highlight of it. He's trying to track Tuck down, and you knew Tuck was going to beat him to the spot. Tuck is blazing fast, and Stahl, I mean, the guy probably shouldn't even be in the league anymore because of his skating, and Stahl just falls. I mean, just falls on his face, just embarrassing. Tuck goes in alone, little forehand, backhand, tucking through Spencer Knight's legs for the, uh, the easy goal on the breakaway. Great job by Tuck on the play. Uh, how about Eric Comrie getting a secondary assist? Uh, his first point as a saber comes only 10 minutes into his career. Henry Okiharu, the other assist on the game or on the night. The second goal of the game, Florida tying the game 1-1. Colin White. Yes, the Colin White that the Sabres traded a first-round pick for Robin Leonard way back when. That guy, the Ottawa guy. Uh, he scores to tie the game at one. And then Matthew Kachuk, very soon after, makes it 2-1 to one for Florida. But the Sabres respond. Zemgis Gergensen's with an assist from J.J. Paterka, who I told you has been the, was the best player on the night, in my opinion, for the Sabres. Rasmus Dahlin gets a secondary assist for his multi-point affair because there's a goal coming for him. Aaron Ekblad in the power play makes it 3-2 Florida in the second. Brandon Montour, which will break down in the next segment, makes it 4-2. And then Dahlin from Tuck. And this play... Darlene from Tuck. It's a great move by, in fact, we'll, we'll break it down here. Let me, uh, let me pull it up here. The goal that Darlene scores, there's just so much to love about it. Uh, Tuck starts the whole thing uh, with the move he makes, but Darlene's release, his shot, it's not something that really has been all that impressive through his career. In fact, it's been the weakness of his game. If there has been one. And, as we break it down here, I guess we give a little way a little uh, credit cake, even though we usually only do that during Saber wins. Um, four to two, Florida. This is the final goal of the game, and we're at the one one hundred five mark of the second period. One hundred five to go. So <clears throat> this actually is started by Henry Okiharu. Henry Okiharu, um, he pinches along the wall to kind of create this play. T- forces the turnover. Tuck moving backwards, he picks up the puck. And then waits for Sam Bennett of the Panthers to kind of reach out and look at all that space right there. His his wide stance with the skates. Tuck sees it, puts it between the, sk- the skates and the stick to get around Bennett, cut to the middle. And now Tuck has got the perfect passing option. And where Darlene um, really does wonders here, because even though Yoki Haru has already pinched down, Watch the watch the awareness by Darlene here to know, hey, Tuck's got the puck. I can get to a scoring opportunity. Takes those two quick strides to get to the spot. And then it's on his stick. And this is where this is not something Darlene has done that much throughout his career, where if he could start doing this consistently, he's going to be a Norris Trophy caliber defenseman. Gudis is pressing him here. And there is not much space here between Gudis and Darlene. But Darlene, with that little almost Austin Matthews-esque curl to his to his left foot to get the, the release on it, change the angle on the goaltender, and at the same time pull the puck away from the defender because Gudis is going to be attacking him here uh, momentarily. Um, you'll see it. 
that Darlene, just to pull it away right there, that little, that's just that little movement to the right to get it away from Gouda's stick and get enough on the shot to where it goes over the shoulder of a sliding Spencer Knight. It's a great goal by Darlene. It's a great move by Tuck to set it up. And it's just a great goal overall by the Sabres. It was to me, was it their, their nicest goal of the season? I don't know. The, the give and go in night one between Paterka and Cousins was pretty good too. Uh, but anyways, um, so now i got to find my spot where I was before this Panthers fourth goal. Yeah, we're going to get to that when we come back. Throw some blame pie around between uh, on this Brandon Montour or shorthanded goal that was really, really tough. We'll do that when we come back here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast with Joe DiBiase. Welcome back to the Lockdown Sabres podcast. Joe DiBiase at Sneaky Joe Sports here on the show. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. When you're done with us, be sure to go make Locked On Fantasy Hockey your next listen. Uh, Steel Roden, Flip Livingstone, bring you the fantasy edge and keep you ahead of the competition with daily updates of news, analysis, and advice Monday through Friday. Available on YouTube, Odyssey, or wherever you get your podcasts. So let's put some blame pie into the Sabres here after losing to the Florida Panthers. And then I want to talk a little bit about the nonsense that occurred in this game, but but revolving around Matthew Kachuk. Um, But since the Sabres lost, we'll go to a goal that was scored against them. And where did guys screw up? So let's get to it. Third or second period, the 830 mark uh, is where we'll go. The Sabres are um, on the power play. And there's just a lot that goes wrong here because they are... Um, here we go. The Sabres are on, excuse me, Florida's on the power play, not the Sabres. Reinhardt is skating through the neutral zone and at the 222 mark, not the 830 mark of the second period. And it's just going to be, you're going to see, it's a lot of standing around by the Sabres, but this zone entry is way too easy. Matthew Kachuk, man, we're going to talk about him. He's a villain, but he is super skilled. This little toe drag around Matias Samuelson. And then he decides to throw it out in front of the net. And this is where all the trouble begins. Here's Henry Okiharu. He's crashing down and he's making, he's doing the right thing. He is trying to prevent Matthew Kachuk from cutting out to the middle and getting in front of Comrie for good position and create a scoring chance. And he does that. But what Kachuk does is I'm just going to throw the puck in front and hope the defenseman kicks it into the net. And that's actually what I thought happened upon originally seeing this, that the puck would be underneath Comrie in this uh, spray of white here. Um, But then this is where just, it's so bad. The awareness is so bad. This puck is laying in front of Comrie, and I've got one, two, three, four Sabres are the closest men to the puck. Maybe it's close between Montour and Asplund. And if you count Comrie, the closest five individuals to this loose puck are all Buffalo Sabres. But this is a moment where it's everybody's looking at each other, waiting for somebody else to clean it up, and then nobody does. You can't allow this puck to squirt out into the high slot. Comrie in front of Comrie. Yoki Haru's got his head down. Samuelson's got his head down. Okposo is flat-footed. Nobody's moving. Nobody is moving. Nobody is picking up the man. Everybody is caught puck-watching. They're all staring at the puck. Nobody has any awareness of, hey, where's the attacker coming from? Because if you're Kyle Okposo, and he's the guy I'm going to put the most on here, Kyle Okposo, captain of the Sabres, that's a rookie mistake. You cannot, as a veteran, be allowing this to happen to where you're caught flat-footed, staring at the puck when you have two teammates that are closer to it than you. You got to keep your head up and you got to look around for somebody that's coming after it and take the body. And if that happens, Brandon Montour does not score this goal, but it doesn't happen. So 
Again, what we have here is four guys all standing around watching the puck, and Oposo, the biggest culprit, not tying up uh, Brandon Montour, who sneaks in, glides in from the left wall here, untouched, unevaded, and just pops it over Eric Comrie for the goal. Uh, horrible. You cannot you not have a freeze frame here where the puck's in the net. I've got three Sabres standing in the crease. That doesn't even include the goaltender. So blame pie in this one. I am giving 60% of the blame in this regard uh, to Kyle Oposo. I cannot believe that Oposo of all players didn't think to tie up Brandon Montour coming through. I'm going to go uh, with 40% remaining. I'm going to go 20% to Henry Okiharyu because he's actually the one that kicks it out in front of the net. Um, and he also has his head down and doesn't swipe the puck away. 10% to Samuelson because he had an opportunity to get away and 10% to Comrie because Comrie had an opportunity to uh, cover the puck. So 60% for Okposo, 20 for Henry Okiharyu, 10 for Samuelson, and 10 for Eric Comrie on um, what ends up being the game-winning goal by the Florida Panthers. So last thing on this game before we preview what's coming this week. A lot of nonsense. There was a lot of dirty play by Matthew Kachuk. If you don't know a lot about Matthew Kachuk, when you're done watching us, there's a YouTube video out there called 12 Minutes of Matthew Kachuk Pissing People Off from his days with the Calgary Flames. Go watch that video because it's going to give it'll, it'll give you a, a look into what the Sabres are about to have to deal with for the next decade with Kachuk, who signed an eight-year deal with the Florida Panthers. He's a He is an instigator. He is a rat. He's also incredible. He is... Brad Marchand all over again. We thought Marchand was nearing retirement and our, our days of terror were over with him in the division. Here comes Matthew Kachuk, who is basically Marchand, um, but even honestly a better player. And what started all of this on the night with Kachuk wasn't, you know, antics. Although, of course, there were a little of that too. What started it all was what was probably a dirty, filthy hit that if a guy gets hurt, he ends up being suspended. Look at this hit on Henry Okiharyu by Matthew Kachuk. Kachuk spins and goes. It's almost like a backwards knee-to-knee. It's a knee-to-knee without being a knee-to-knee. It's like a knee-to-knee that he thinks he can get away with, and he probably will. I'm not sure if he'll get fined. I doubt he'll get suspended. I do believe, though, if Yokiharyu got hurt in this play, that Kachuk would have been suspended. This is what starts it all. This is just a filthy, filthy play by Matthew Kachuk. You know, If you're going to hit the guy, Face him straight up because when you stick your butt out like this and you're attacking the knee the way he did, that is a dangerous hit. And that's one that player safety should absolutely be looking at. And you watch it at full speed. And really, it just ends up being a trip. Um, anything wrong could have happened here. Good on Alex Tuck. Alex Tuck goes after uh, Kachuk a little bit here. And even there, look at, see, this is Kachuk. I'm going to break down. Like, this is how he's a rat. Look at this little jab. And it's like a accidental um, with, the, with the stick. But it's, it, is it? Like, you never know if it's accidental by him because he does that a lot of times. A little butt-end action there. There's another play that was a couple weeks later um, where Kachuk is, like, down on the ice with Jacob Bryson. He just grabs his head for no reason. Like, he's going to be a guy like that uh, that the Sabres are going to have to deal with. The scrum at the end of the game, um, the Sabres are going after Kachuk. But he starts it. He cross-checks. Um, Dylan Cousins in the back. He starts the whole thing at the end. And then Kachuk is the one in post game saying, Oh, I'll remember that. I'll remember what they did at the end of the game, buddy. You started it. You started the whole thing. So, Oh, he's going to be infuriating. Part of me hates it because he's incredibly irritating and frustrating to watch when he's on the other team. So two things here. One, 
I'm going to hate it playing against him for the next eight years. Sabres are going to hate it. Sabre fans are going to hate it. I will say this, though. Number two, it is good to have enough feeling about the team again to where you can even have a villain. Because when you don't matter as a team, you don't hate anybody. Because you're a, you're a doormat. You hate your own team. All of your negative energy has been projected on your own team. But now... We're starting to, you know, we're starting to perk back up again about the Sabres. And it's allowed us, I think, to have some hate in our heart for another player and another team. And uh, Matthew Kachuk, early on, he's going to he's gonna take that and run with it. So uh, we have a new villain in the division. And I'm not, you know, not totally against the idea of having a villain again uh, for the Buffalo Sabres. Sabres are back in action Tuesday night, 9 o'clock puck drop Eastern time at the Edmonton Oilers and Connor McDavid, the best player in the world. The Sabres do have their West Coast trip early this season. So a lot of Sabres after dark for you this week at Edmonton tomorrow night at 9, Thursday night at Calgary for a 9.30 puck drop, Saturday at 10 o'clock against the Vancouver Canucks. And then next Tuesday, a week from tomorrow, a 10 o'clock puck drop against the Seattle Kraken. The Sabres are not back home until Thursday, October 27th. Um, so two, so a week from Thursday uh, against the Montreal Canadiens. They'll have a couple home games in a row, Chicago, Detroit, Pittsburgh for a four-game homestand. But we got the West Coast road trip, Sabres after dark this week. We'll preview Sabres and Oilers when we come back to you tomorrow here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast. We'll preview the lineups. We'll get a look to see if we have any more info on whether Peyton Krebs will play or not because, again, he was skating as an extra at Monday morning's practice. So we'll talk to you tomorrow. Follow us on Twitter, I'm at Stinky Joe Sports at Lockdown Sabres for the podcast account. Follow us on YouTube and subscribe on YouTube. Uh, like, give us a question on the YouTube channel or on Twitter. We might read it here on the podcast. Thanks for listening. It's been the Lockdown Sabres podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Later.